Welcome to the Stephen Mansfield Podcast. Welcome to the Stephen Mansfield Podcast. Thanks for joining me. Hey, before I dive in today, I want to make sure that you are getting my weekly leadership email blast called Leading Thoughts. Go to stephenmansfield.tv. You can sign up right there on the homepage. Trust me, we're not going to give your information away. We're not going to try to sell you anything. But this is a weekly email blast in which I share leadership principles, truths, really the soft factors in leadership. You already know the technical factors about what you do. You know, how to make cars, the accounting procedures, the laws that relate to what you do. What you need to lead better are the soft factors, the things about your life, your soul, the way to relate to people, the way to inspire people. So you want to get this leading thoughts again, just go to stephenmansfield.tv and sign up for it and you will get it. Well, let's dive in to a topic that is absolutely uh, vibrating all throughout our country, and that is the issue of the impeachment of Donald Trump. That's beginning today as I record this podcast, and it's going to be involved, it's going to be central to the national discussion for quite some time. So you already know that Donald Trump was impeached by the House while he was president uh, because of a, a number of things that he did that I won't go into now. And then because of the insurrection attempt at the U.S. Capitol on January the 6th, uh, the Democrats decided that they would impeach him again after he he was out of office because they're accusing him of inciting insurrection. Now, let me give you a little bit of the backstory here. The Democrats and a number of Republicans, you might be surprised at the number of Republicans who secretly would like to see Donald Trump impeached, especially if they didn't have to go on the record in voting for it, um, is pretty interesting. And the reason that they're doing this is that, yes, there's a certain amount of vengeance involved. Yes, if you're Nancy Pelosi, you know, you were there at the Capitol while people were talking about hanging you and killing you and putting a bullet through your brain. So, yeah, you're mad at the president who seemed to be inciting insurrection earlier that day in a speech. So part of it is absolutely vengeance. There's no question about it. But part of it is if Donald Trump is impeached by the Senate, then he will not be able to run for office again. And I have to tell you that this is something that people in both parties fear. Donald Trump drew in the 2020 election, he drew more votes than any other president of the United States in sitting in office and running again ever. Now, you're probably surprised to hear that. Yes, it's true. And the reason it's true, of course, is that the country's gotten bigger. More people went to the polls. So yeah, more people voted for Donald Trump in this in the 2020 election than had ever voted for a president before. A lot of that's demographics, but a lot of it, of it is genuinely the turnout for Donald Trump and, and what he inspires. So you, you, you have a great deal of fear among certainly Democrats and a lot of Republicans that Donald Trump will attempt to run again. He will spend the next four years out of office uh, saying that Joe Biden is illegitimate. 
He will have a stranglehold on the Republican Party. Uh, We're already seeing some of this in some state legislatures. There's payback to those who have supported uh, the the impeachment of Donald Trump, who have not been in favor of Donald Trump. And uh, the the Republican Party is almost becoming, in some cases, uh, the litmus test for being a true conservative is whether you're pro-Donald Trump or not. Well, that keeps the Republican Party from getting on with its business, getting on with what some people are calling true conservatism. And it's a it's a it's a serious problem because Trump could control, could dominate the Republican Party for a number of years. And then of course he could run again, which both sides fear. Most Republicans don't want Donald Trump to run again because they don't want all conservatism, everything they're trying to do on the Hill to be bound up with pro-Trump, anti-Trump kinds of sentiments. Um, They don't really trust Donald Trump. And of course, uh, the Democrats don't want that because he's the most popular conservative slash Republican in America. So it's a mess that people are trying to avoid. All right. That's the backstory. That's what's really going on. People often ask me, why impeach? a man who's no longer in office. Well, their assumption is that impeachment is about getting the man out of office. Well, that's not all that's not exclusively the case. It's also the case that the man can't run again, which means there's not a whole lot of sense in him starting a political party, which means the GOP can get on with its business and the Democrats don't have to fear Donald Trump. That's a lot of what's happening on the Hill. But let's not underestimate the fact that those who were actually there uh, at the Capitol, who were targeted, uh, who had members of the crowd chanting that they should be hung or killed, they feel this keenly. They're angry and they believe Donald Trump incited it. All right, let's talk about the legal side of this impeachment hearing, the legal side of it. I believe, and certainly I'm not advising them, God knows, but I believe that the Democrats are making a mistake. They are basing their call for impeachment, their trial for impeachment around incitement. Their assumption is Their contention is, I should say, that on January 6th, when Donald Trump held a rally near the White House, that he was intentionally inciting a crowd to storm the Capitol, to get violent, uh, to engage in an uprising and to overturn the election. So they are charging incitement to insurrection, which, of course, is a crime. I believe this is a mistake. And I'm, again, I want to say clearly, I'm not advising the Democrats in this, but I am saying I think it's a mistake. And if they go with incitement, which they are doing and which I doubt they'll change from, I don't believe Donald Trump will be impeached. The reason is that as a legal matter, let me just say quickly, I'm not a lawyer. Some of you joined me maybe recently don't know my background. I am absolutely not a lawyer. Uh, but but I can say to this that, that incitement, the charge of incitement requires that you prove that the individual who's charged with incitement intended to to encourage violence, intended to encourage an uprising, intended to encourage insurrection. Now, we all know that Donald Trump is famously incautious with his words. He says things, in some cases, he doesn't even know exactly what they mean. He talks about, as I, as I talked, I've talked about before in this podcast, the Johnson Amendment or things of that nature. Often he's just wrong legally. He's just wrong constitutionally. He's asking a certain branch of government to overturn something they have no authority to overturn. For example, in insisting that Vice President 
Pence overturned the election results. Well, not he, Vice President Pence had no authority to do that, could not have done it. So that entire line of chanting and speaking and carrying on and accusing did a lot of damage, but it was rooted in ignorance. And so often Donald Trump spoke that way, still does. Like him or not, you have to admit that. Well, all that to say that they know that Donald Trump very likely, the Democrats know that very likely Donald Trump was just using a lot of incendiary rhetoric. You've got to march up to the Capitol. We've got to fight for our country. If you don't fight, we're going to lose our country. I don't know that most people believe he expected anything like what was going to happen. I don't know that most people believe that he knew there were militias as part of this. I don't think that most people believe that he expected that they would build a gallows on the front lawn of the Capitol and that they would start chanting, hang Mike Pence, or that people would talk to the press as they did. And you, you can see these interviews on YouTube and elsewhere and talk about putting a bullet through Nancy Melosi's uh, brain. This is, I don't think that most people believe that Donald Trump intended that. Now, you, you, again, we're talking law here, so you have to be more, a little bit more careful than we are just in our usual coffee, uh, you know, coffee shop conversations. Did, did Donald Trump incite those things? Possibly. Did he intend to incite them when he gave his speech? You'll have to prove that. The trial uh, for impeachment on the Hill will have to prove that Donald Trump in advance intended to incite largely what happened up at the Capitol, which, by the way, I consider to be treason. I'm just disgusted by it. And I've said before here, my country was invaded, so I'm not happy about it at all. But the point is that you, if to go with incitement, you have to prove it. You have to prove that there was an intention to encourage violence and to encourage insurrection. So incitement to insurrection is the charge they're going with. And I think it's dicey, and I'm not alone in this. Uh, there are many others who believe it. For example, I'm holding in my hands right now uh, a National Review article. And it's the National Review, January the 11th. It's by Andrew McCarthy, and it's entitled Democrats Need a Do-Over on their impeachment article. And what they're saying is exactly what I'm saying, which is that we are, that, that the Democrats very possibly have chosen the wrong doctrine, and that may affect the outcome of this trial. Now, I had already been thinking, and I'm not claiming credit for it, but I had already been thinking before I read this article that uh, there were some, there was other bases on which, if I was the trial manager, other bases on which I would charge Donald Trump with crimes. First of all, the 12th Amendment of the Constitution describes how elections ought to be held uh, in the United States, and Donald Trump, without question, uh, attempted to subvert, subvert that election and thus the 12th Amendment. So he, had, he intended to subvert the Constitution's electoral process, which is a crime. There's no question he wanted to overturn the results of an election. There's no, there, nobody doubts that. That's why he was calling for Vice President Pence to overturn the election. That's why he was urging the things that he did. He believed he had won the election. He believed it had been stolen from him. He wanted uh, people who were supposedly on his team turned out they weren't supposedly on his team to overturn the election. So 
It's no question that Donald Trump engaged in an attempt to subvert the Constitution's electoral process as described in the 12th Amendment. And even though that may be less sexy than incitement to insurrection, it's true and it's provable, unlike incitement, which requires some confirmation, some evidence of prior intent. The other, the other charge that I see in this article that I've just mentioned and that I had already been thinking about and heard from some folks in D.C. Uh, would be actionable is the one that I uh, in personally feel the most keenly. I like Vice President Pence. I think he uh, put up with a lot of dung during the four years being Donald Trump's vice president. And I think the way he was treated at the end by Donald Trump was unconscionable. But aside from emotional uh, issues, the fact is he engaged in what they, they lawyers call one of two things, reckless endangerment or depraved indifference. You probably have heard those words before, maybe in legal television shows and what have you, courtroom dramas and what have you. There's no question that Donald Trump recklessly endangered Vice President Pence and others, and that he engaged in depraved indifference to their welfare. Now, this can be proven, and this is what's most unconscionable. There's no question that with his unwise unconstitutional, I mean that in the sense that that the facts weren't constitutionally grounded, rhetoric and challenges to Vice President Pence, telling the whole country basically that he could overturn the election? Well, let me just tell you that that did recklessly endanger him. Uh, That did show indifference. That did put him in danger. And I got to tell you, it's a it's a it's a tragic uh, evidence of, uh, in my opinion, of depraved indifference, which is, again, I'm not a lawyer, so I'm not going to give you the legal definition. So what I'm attempting to say here is whether you like Donald Trump's Trump or not, his behavior at the end of his administration was atrocious. His his rhetoric, his his calling for his pressuring of Vice President Pence, um, his insisting that the election was stolen when at this point, though I have searched for it and 50 different court hearings have been willing to hear the evidence, there's no evidence. There's just no evidence. I'm not speaking as an expert. I'm speaking of the reports that others have given. 50 There were appeals in 50 different courts. By the way, that doesn't correlate to our number of states. That correlates to the number of courts in which this was filed. And not not any court said it had merit. And many of those courts, as I've said before in this podcast, were chaired by Republican appointees and are known to be relatively conservative. There's just no evidence. And now there are going to be some serious lawsuits uh, against certain officials who decided to say that, that the companies that provided the, the uh, voting machines, um, you know, engaged in corruption. And now those, those companies are filing lawsuits against the individuals who said these things. It's ugly. It's unfounded. Uh, and it's, it's not going away anytime soon. All of this to say, I think Donald Trump can be charged with reckless endangerment. Uh, I think he can be charged with his with his endangering of Pence, his endangering of Pelosi, uh, the the other uh, the depraved indifference for their well being. We we know, for example, we have actual testimony of people saying that he was sitting there watching the insurrection on television in the White House while 
Vice President Pence's life was in danger. Nancy Pelosi's life was in danger. People, members of Congress's lives, lives were in danger. And he was there. And, and by the way, Mr. Pence was trying to call him, and he wasn't returning the call. No question. No question that this is depraved indifference. Well, again, I'm not trying to play junior lawyer here. I'm saying the Democrats have got the wrong doctrine. As a result, they're very likely to uh, not see this man impeached. I think the numbers are already showing that they're not going to be able to pull this off. And a lot of it is, at least some of it, they've got the wrong doctrine going. As an American patriot, what I'm hoping for is that this goes away fairly quickly. I'm a, I'm, I appreciate the good things that Donald Trump did. I appreciate his pro-life stand and other things that I have lauded in this podcast. But I am weary of his tainting of our politics. I am weary of him being the issue uh, as to whether you are a good conservative or not, even patriotic. I am weary of state legislatures and even people up on the Hill, Congress and Senate, uh, deciding that he's the litmus test for whether you are good, noble, well-intentioned, truthful. I want to get on with healing this country. Uh, I'm a conservative. I want to get on with, with putting into a place and restoring, in some cases, the good, solid bedrock principles the Founding Fathers gave us. I'm a conservative. I like what the Founding Fathers gave us. I think it's a system that's worked. I'm thrilled for the reforms, the civil rights reforms, etc. cetera. Um, of course, that's why the amendment process is there. Of course, we're all glad that women can vote. Of course, we want equal justice under the law, etc., etc., etc. So it's not as though we're going back to 1789. But what we are doing is saying that the system they gave us works, the reforms that they have uh, allowed, we have instituted. We need a few more. I'm glad that 18-year-olds can vote, all of the things in the amendments. The bottom line, though, is that we have got to get Donald Trump out of the center of our politics. We have got to get uh, him off the docket, so to speak, uh, out of our thinking as a litmus test. I'm grateful for him. I want him to enjoy a good retirement, go back to his businesses, honor and love his family, and go on with whatever it is he wants to do. But being the center of the GOP, being the center of conservatism in America, has not served us well. So... I hope we finish this impeachment trial, which I think is unwise, but we, I think I've explained in this podcast why uh, the Democrats are proceeding with it. I think they will lose. I think they will pat themselves on the back for having tried. And I hope that Donald Trump recedes from American politics. If he doesn't, we will not be well served by him being the litmus test of conservatism. Stephen Mansfield is a New York Times bestselling author a popular speaker, and a frequent faith and culture commentator on Fox and CNN. His groundbreaking books on faith and society include The Faith of George W. Bush, The Search for God in Guinness, Mansfield's Book of Manly Men, and Lincoln's Battle with God. Learn more at stephenmansfield.tv.